Okay, hello, welcome to episode 174 of Sack Kings Therapy. We are coming to you minutes after the Bucks beat the Kings in the Golden One Center, 135 to 126. This was a fun game. Um, and, you know, ultimately the Kings came up short, but the Kings showed a lot of fight. And it, again, it was just fun to watch this game. Wouldn't you say so, Paul? Oh, yeah. Bunch of, uh, yeah, pretty much we tried coming back multiple times. Just happened to fall flat in the last minute or two. And, you know, it happens, but at least we brought in that fight that, you know, we've been looking for, you know, in the past rest of the season pretty much like I, t- I said to you like doesn't really matter what happens this game it's just good to be able to see the kings be able to hold their own like against you know a, a you know the championship bucks team like mm-hmm. they went they went toe-to-toe with them and you know you know um like in the very end basically like west matthew hits a hits a three and De'Aaron fox turns it over and that was the game but one or two plays there like that go the other way you never know. It really could. It really could have been the Kings' game, but again, you win or lose, you win. You beat. You just beat the uh, defending champions basically with their full squad. And, and if you lose, you get better lottery odds, and you get a great game out of it. So I thought this was the best of both worlds, and yeah. But it was just nice to see a fun, competitive, like just down to the wire game. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess to quickly kind of just go over some of the details of the game, like um, De'Aaron Fox got injured his uh, right hand um, in the first quarter and basically was laboring for much of the game. And like you could tell like throughout the game that it bothered him. And he came into the fourth quarter with only 10 points in danger of losing his 20 point, uh, basically his 20 point streak. And it was not to beat because he ultimately scored 11 points in the fourth quarter to almost beat the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see. And hopefully Fox's, uh, Fox's right hand, it was only his pointer and middle finger, you said, that was uh, uh, hurting him. Oh, oh, did I? I wasn't sure. It's a, it's mm. just, it just looked like it hurt. And like, you, again, you could tell, like with the way he was dribbling, he ended up with nine turnovers this game. Like that is a lot. Mm. And like he couldn't really he couldn't catch the ball properly uh at times like it, it was definitely bothering him and kudos to him for playing through it even though it like i i thought in the third quarter like you might as well sit him for the rest of the game because he does not look right at all but mm-hmm. he he fought through it oh yeah it might have been kyle draper that mentioned that his uh pointer and uh middle finger were taped up but he took it off uh after the uh what you would call it beginning of the third quarter but you know he he tried his hardest. He got seven assists, which, you know, helped a lot. Uh, but, you know, those nine turnovers I'm looking at the bot score really hindered uh, some parts of the game. But, you know, it was still close enough. For... Yeah, and the last two turnovers late, like the one he tried to cross court that ended up, I think, getting picked by Bobby Porter's like Sabonis was wide open multiple times. Like, and, and he just couldn't hit him. And... You know, it, it happens. Like, again, this is a championship caliber team. And also, let's not forget, he was being guarded by Drew Holiday for much of the game. You know, like, we talk about the Davion torture chamber. Like, 
you know, Drew Holiday has been doing that for 10 years at this point. So like you're talking about one of the absolute best defenders. He put him in the, he put Deer in the torture rack and it did not help that his hands was a little fucked up too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's move on to, so this was interesting. Barnes ends up only playing 22 minutes this game, went three for five for 10 points. Like he didn't end up playing the fourth quarter because DiVincenzo and uh, Davion Mitchell were just playing so well. Like I just thought it was a little odd he didn't play, and you know, it's just I it, is this like a sign of? Do you think this is anything other than the fact that it's Davion and um, Dante playing well? I think uh, it's more of like might as well develop uh, some sort of lineup, especially with. Uh, Dante and Davion out there, and we got to see more Trey Wiles in the fourth quarter as well. Um, but for Harrison Barnes, I mean, it, we could, I mean, it might have helped uh, in some ways, uh, especially guarding against Chris Milton. But, you know, Chris Milton was just hitting stuff. Without... Hey, give credit to Davion in the fourth quarter. He didn't, Middleton did not have a good fourth quarter. He, the only shot I remember him hitting was the open three, and that basically, like start at the beginning of the end um but other than that like Davion did a great job in the fourth quarter and mm-hmm. it's just so it just so happens I, although I would have preferred to actually have Barnes in that on Middleton for that one three just because Middleton as like I keep saying to you just do, does not need any separation does not need any elevation and will just shoot like with, with guys in his face and Davion is a good six inches shorter than him and he just legitimately just shot over him and for the three so like maybe for those like situate for that situation specifically you would have liked to have Barnes on him but Davion did a damn good job on, on him in the fourth quarter and you know mm-hmm. added chipped in a bit of scoring there too oh yeah and you mentioned a Trey Lyles now Trey Lyles like on the box score five for ten two for five like 12 for 12 points but did get 12 rebounds like doesn't doesn't really stand out to me for the most part but he was impactful like he like in the third quarter when things like looked really bad and the looked like the kings were gonna like you know they came out they started the quarter with two turnovers trey lyles single-handedly with let me let me pull up the tweet that uh james ham had he basically had four different like four possessions where he drew a charge and and then and then on the other side gets a late gets a gets a nice little like gets one of the weirdest looking layups i've ever seen on three bucks players and then on the other end and then coming back he gets a steal get, comes down the court and hits a three that changed the game and then like for the rest of the game he did a decent enough job like guarding Giannis for the most part i mean Giannis still went out for 36 but like he did he did an admirable job guarding Giannis and just you know, he really impacted the game. Like, you felt him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no stopping Giannis for sure. But uh, having Trey Wiles out there, man, I, I really did expect him to play this well, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, he, he really showed off. Like, I I imagine the Kings are going to keep him no matter what because he has the, a cheap-ass team option next year. Like, mm-hmm. him as a backup would be, would be interesting. But like, if this is the kind of Trey Lyles that we can get, like, that's actually that might actually be what the Kings need. I, I don't think this is this is going to be a thing going forward. But like, this is the kind of player that we need, and Trey Lyles provided it tonight. Granted, again, we lost this game, but he was he, he was terrific. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely more of that uh, off the bench type player uh, coming towards uh, next season. But yeah, let's see uh, if we could find someone to, you know, fit that spot. Yeah. And Sabonis, like stats wise, not the not the flashiest. He only had five rebounds, which surprises me. Um, like, but, you know, he was impactful. Like, you know, you, you run the offense through him and like guys cut guys like, you know, uh, work off of him like him and Dante, especially like really are really kind of building a really nice two man game. I noticed this game and yeah, he was just a pre he was definitely a presence. He didn't have a lot of luck finishing, but he did end up drawing a lot of free throws. So I had 13 free throws made 10 and was just, you know, his even like, quote unquote, his bad games. You, you still get 20, you know, 22, five and seven from him. Yeah, with the rebounding, I mean, Trey Wiles was there with, you know, pretty much 12 of our 46 uh, rebounds for the Kings. But, man, yeah, he was game bodied out there with all the bigs uh, that the Bucks had. And, you know, the rest, the refing was kind of, uh, kind of like. To call it inconsistent yeah. would be an understatement. I'll just say that. Like, mm -hmm. it was it was just all over the place. And I even made the joke, like, the Kings were not getting a lot of foul calls in the beginning of the quarter, and it frustrated the hell out of the Kings players. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of the game, the, the Bucks were not getting any foul calls either. And, like, that's one of the one of the ways that the Kings kind of got back into it, because they were very physical, like, down mm -hmm. the stretch. And, you know, the, the, the refs swallowed their whistle, and it's good to see the Kings be able to play physical like that, because usually when they run into a physical team, they usually get pumped. This was not the case this game. So that was good to see. Mm -hmm. um, let's move on to, um, you know, Chemezi Metsu. Only played 12 minutes, but he was very impactful in his 12 minutes. He ended up guarding Giannis. He had a beautiful block on him. But, like, overall, just just played, just didn't try to do too much. He hit his shots this game, like, four for five. And just is a ball of energy out there. And, you know, he did his best. He ended up getting four fouls in 12 minutes. But, like... It is Giannis. Like, that's who he was guarding basically the entire time. So, like, you can't really expect more from him. But he definitely, like, he had a few DMPs, and I was a bit somewhat confused just because he had been a, a regular rotation guy for so mm -hmm. long. But, like, this th this team needs his energy, and he should deserve, he definitely deserves a spot on the rotation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll see some more in the future games. Uh, Rashawn, this game was actually pretty good, too. Like, he only had six points, but like he felt impactful. Like the, that fourth quarter run, he was actually a, a pretty big part of it. Even without some bonus out there, like they were still kind of running offense. Like they were hitting him on the roll, you know, hallelujah. You, you hit Rashawn on the roll, good things happen. And he was he was good this game. He brought the energy. His minutes have been have been absolutely like, you know, decimated because of the some bonus arrival. But like when he first came back, he looked like he was definitely out of sorts or possibly even like really unhappy, which I don't blame him for. But, you know, this game, he showed up to work. He clocked in and he and he went to work. Yeah, it's another guy I wish we gave more minutes to. But, you know, with the rotations that we're playing now, yeah, it's it's tough to keep some of these guys or, you know, uh, you know, maintain the minutes that we could give out because, you know, Dante, Davion and Trey Wiles are really balling out out there. 
Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, he's been he's been through so much today or this this year. Like, you know, credit to him for staying professional and again, just show, showing up to work, not complaining and just playing his heart out. All the respect in the world. To, and also, I was even men- I was actually mentioning to you, like, I want to see more Sabonis and uh, Rashawn lineups. Yeah. And we did get some of that. But then I realized Giannis is going to be guarding Rashawn and he's just going to stand near the rim. That's not that's not exactly how you want to go about it. So they, they couldn't have really done it this game, but Rashad made made use of all 13 minutes that he was out there. Mm-hmm. And let, let's get to the the duel of like Davion and DiVincenzo. They were great on defense all night. Like this is a real defensive duel that can really be like devastating, like going forward. Um, like. You know, D- D- Davion is like a safe defender, an absolute, you know, lockdown defender who's great at just keeping his his man in front. DiVincenzo, not as good of an on-ball defender, but tries, but, you know, puts the effort in and just, and, you know, like really good at reading, like passing lanes and going for like steal. So like these two can really create havoc out there on defense. And like playing the three-guard lineup, like now that they we finally have a guard that rebounds in Dante, like the the three guard lineup was actually what brought the Kings back in the fourth quarter, and and these two like they just they just cause havoc out there, and 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 you know this game they actually like hit their shots, and you know like every shot that unfortunately like the Kings rely on these two these two guys hitting shots, and in this game like they they brought it. Yeah, especially Dante. He he's been doing real well with hitting, uh, you know, the good shots, and we're not forcing any like bad shots in transition. We're actually <laughs> making plays for once. Uh, and in a way, do you think we should start Dante over Justin? So I so I did um, delve into King's Twitter, and you know, King's Twitter turning on Alvin Gentry now. So oh, that's great. That's great. Um, okay, I don't care. Like the my so like Justin Holly w- wasn't great this game. Like he started, I think I think he started over four and ended up two for six. So you know, like he he hit his last two shots, but the guy just is not consistent. And I get why you you want to start Dante instead, but the important thing is Dante closes. Mm-hmm. That's what I care about. I don't really because like Holiday played twenty minutes. It's not it's not like crazy amount. That's basically a bench player's rotation minutes. Like it doesn't matter ultimately. But the fact, but like you know, Justin Holiday didn't close, and you know Dante did. So that's what matters to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if we're going the analytics route, technically Justin Holiday is the better player offensively. Um, but you know, I I feel like it'd be pretty nice to see Dante uh, get some starting minutes, depending, I guess, depending on the team. So let me just check. He's shot thirty percent from three since he's been in sack. Let's see Dante real quick. Dante, since coming to sack, has been shooting 34%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I honestly like I mean all the all the all the arguments or all the data points to starting Dante, but like it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter as much as people think. Like even when Buddy Heel, even when we had the Buddy Heel fiasco where he constantly started, um, was it two years ago? was it last season it didn't end up mattering because he he, he was gonna be in the closing lineup anyways with Tyrese mm. so like even if you don't start him like he's still gonna play like 30 plus minutes like it never really mattered to never, never truly mattered but yeah I, I get I get the I get the idea like 
and like DiVincenzo causes so much havoc out there on defense like you might as well try it out and see how it works with De'Aaron like you need to know if he can work with De'Aaron and last game it really did and in this game like they played alongside one another and was terrific mm -hmm. oh yeah and then of course yeah you gotta shout out Davion just played great all night he ended up guarding uh Chris Middleton for the fourth quarter and again as I mentioned earlier did a great job even though like again Middleton does not need any separation doesn't need any elevation and just shoots just shoot shots in guys' face and there's nothing they can do to stop it but Davion definitely he you know you can you can you know you know um pull straws on whether you think it was you know, lucky that Chris Middleton just missed shots, but I felt Davion disrupted him, his rhythm a bit. And that's big against a, against a scorer like Middleton, who, again, doesn't need any separation, doesn't need any space, doesn't need any, doesn't need to jump over you or anything. He can, he'll just score on you by all means necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just to quickly shout out uh, Giannis, who apparently doesn't miss free throws when he plays the Kings just seems to be a thing 12 of 16 from the line was pretty much unstoppable for pretty much all night chris middleton again just uh pretty much unstoppable all night seven of ten from three that was brutal yeah that was crazy he was hitting shots i didn't expect him to make because you know we had guys out there you know putting hands to his face he still makes it in like i thought i honestly thought harrison barnes did a decent job on him like mm -hmm. just like kind of knocking him off his spots and just doing what he can. And again, Davion guarded him very well in the fourth. It's, again, the, he's a he's a high level scorer. Like he he was like the number one option in the clutch for the Bucks in the finals. There's only so much you can do against a guy like him. So it is what it is. But you know, like seven of ten, that's still pretty crazy. It's just, like and whenever he was even remotely open, like that ball was dropping in. He don't miss. Like oh yeah. Open, so. Oh yeah. Drew Holiday had three threes, and I think all three of them were were like down the stretch when the Kings need or when the Bucks needed it. Like he'll shoot a shitty percentage sometimes, but when when it's winning time, he shows up. Like he showed up against like the Nets that one series where people were comparing him to Eric Bledsoe in terms of shooting percentage. And guess what? He he hits he hits like two crucial shots that basically. Well, that that kind of got them a bit of a lead in the fourth quarter of Game Seven, and you know Kevin Durant did Kevin Durant things, but you know he shows up like when you need him to. Like he is a bona fide killer. He's, you know, he's just one of those guys that you know will again when when the chips are down, when the pressure is at his highest, is when he plays well. Mm -hmm. And his defense really disrupted us as well and there's a reason why <laughs> um, De'Aaron had nine turnovers like the hand sure the hand had a lot to do with it but at the same time like Drew Holiday puts guys in the torture chamber mm -hmm. okay well that's that's about all I have uh, for this for this game anything else you want to quickly go over um before we call, call it a wrap uh, I don't know, but other than I'm seeing, we're seeing a lot more celebrities come to the Kings games, and you know, it's probably you know through the connection of Vivek. Uh, we saw Brett Favre. I didn't expect him to ever come to the Kings Arena at all, ever. And we saw uh, Chuck. Uh, what's his name? Chuck Liddell. I almost slipped up. Uh, I almost said Chuck Daly. That's that's a golf player, but <laughs> Chuck Daly is actually the Pistons coach as well. Really. The, the the bad boys pistons oh coach. my gosh I'm, I'm switching up chucks for some reason 
but uh what do I call it? yeah Chuck Liddell <laughs> yeah those two those two people I did not expect um seeing in the Kings arena ever but you know through the connection of Vivek yeah he really does like I mean he got Drake to come to Golden One Center once like he he got connections he's mm-hmm. definitely like out there uh, speaking of mixing up names uh like i never like i'm, I'm watching a winning time and for those of you guys that don't know that's the uh lakers hbo series and i just did not notice that there were so many jerry's in in the 80s you got jerry kraus you got jerry west you got J- jerry reynolds um was it uh Dr. Jerry Buss, like so many Jerry's. I, I never noticed that there were so many Jerry's around, especially in the NBA. Huh. Do you recommend watching that show? I yeah. do, 100% do. I'm only one episode in, there's two episodes. Um, let, let's just say my favorite part of it is Jerry West so far. <laughs> just how ridiculous Jerry West is. And it, like, there haven't, the word I keep hearing about uh, Jerry West is that he's a bit surly, a bit like unfriendly, a bit like short tempered. I think that's actually the literal definition of surly. But like, he, he they dialed that up on a scale of one to 10 to 20. Like, of just how crazy and just how angry he is. Yeah, maybe he was that way at the time. I mean, we weren't around at the time, so <laughs> we only could uh, see it through the screen, I guess. Yeah, but so far, it's pre- it's a pretty fun it's a pretty fun series. Like they dramatize a lot of the stuff. Like again, Jerry West probably wasn't this crazy um, back in the day, but it, it's been it's been fun so far. I'm probably gonna watch uh, episode two when I get the chance. Mm, okay, I'll probably watch it right after this then too. Yeah um what else to talk about real quickly i just had something up oh the uh russell westbrook stuff with uh patrick beverly today um yeah and some disrespectful ass shit <laughs> the timberwolves like laid on the laid on the lakers lakers are lakers are free falling they've won three games since the all-star break that's it three games i think they're like nine of 12. like they've lost nine of their last 12 i think was the stat i read Ah, uh, gee. Yeah, they're 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 going to Toronto next, so that's gonna be fun. But, oh boy. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on the Steph situation? I mean, the the Russ situation. Like, what were your thoughts on the West? What were your thoughts on the Westbrook thing? Uh, you mean the clip that you showed me? No, no, no. Just like the idea of him, like he doesn't want to be called Westbrook because you know he, it's his family name and it's disrespectful as shit, and like his his kids are being made fun of or something like that. I mean, as a player, I'm pretty sure you're gonna have to uh, take in a lot of criticism, especially how you're performing now. So, I mean, is it? I guess power to the player. I mean, if you if you don't feel like your family's safe because uh, you're getting or playing terrible, I totally understand. But man, he is just playing terrible <laughs> to the point where Lakers fans want to like what you call it. What's the word? I mean, they're, they're, he's a he's a pariah now. Like he really is. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But like he's got to understand to a certain point, like. You know, it's you're you just got to play better. I don't know how you're gonna do it. You got to play smarter, and it's I guess it's just not in your nature to do it. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. But like, yeah, like the the kids part is tricky. 
Like you don't want like kids to be bullied because of their dad and stuff like that. That stuff, I like if if they are getting bullied, like condolences.、Mm-hmm. And like for the fuckers who sent death threats to to his family, go fuck yourself. You, like fuck you. But, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Westbrook is pretty light for some of the other shit that you've been called. Like, let's be honest, <laughs> some pretty some pretty light work.、Uh, And also, like you, you basically just get, like Ben Golliver put it perfectly. You just guarantee that everyone that people are going to call you Westbrook for the rest of your life, basically, because、yeah. <laughs> because like you know, how do you guarantee people know that, or pe- how do you guarantee people are going to call you a name you don't want to be called when you tell them it bothers you? So, yeah, I mean,、uh, like the the Patrick Beverly stuff. Patrick Beverly is an is a pretty insufferable. Dick, to say the least, and to a certain degree, I, I'm almost on Westbrook's side in terms of just like calm it down, I guess. Like,、uh, but at the same time, like Westbrook's been playing so bad. Look, the heat is coming. You're just gonna have to take it, take it on the chin, and just get better. Like you can't do the shit you you did in OKC anymore. You can't do the shit like you did in Washington and Houston even. Like at this point. You've got to change your game. You can't like you. You can't be so stubborn about it. You got to be able to change. Yeah, but you know, at this point of his career, and you know how much the Lakers are paying him, I don't know. Like, how much change can the Lakers do to, you know, maintain this,、uh, you know, team and hopefully making the finals again. I don't think there's any chance. <laughs> there's like absolutely no chance. <laughs> okay, I'll say this: when AD comes back and LeBron turns it on, granted, big caveat, they're still very dangerous. I wouldn't want to face them like as an eight seed. I, I mean, granted, I think Phoenix will wax them, but like the Grizzlies, like that. I mean, Jaw could be that guy. Like Jaw, legitimately could be that guy that just says, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna get on my back. I'm gonna carry you through this." But you're going up against LeBron and AD, and whatever version you're gonna get out of Russ, like that's still very dangerous. And I like, I can't guarantee that the Grizzlies win that series. The Suns will, the Suns, and and the Suns also, let's not forget, don't have Chris Paul for a while. Like I think they're gonna like not have him for a few games, possibly.、Mm-hmm. So like that's pretty dangerous. I see. Well, is AD projected to come back、uh, in the playoffs? He should be back soon. Oh, okay, that's good <laughs> because without AD, I I, don't, I have no faith to be honest. Yeah, I mean they're a top-heavy team, and like your top, your second best player is just always injured, and it's unfortunate. But、mm-hmm. like it, it sucks. But like I think they can make a run. I, I know like there's no evidence to support it at all, <laughs> but like in. I will. I will believe in LeBron until, until he, you know, fall, until he, until he fails, basically.、Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Um. What else to talk about? I think. I honestly think that's about it. Um. The, again, just a great game from from the Kings. A very fun game, and you get the best of both worlds. You get a great game. You get something built. You, you're building something like. The Dante and Sabonis pick and rolls like getting better by the day, and like De'Aaron's like finding like you're figuring out that this three guard lineup can work now against a big team no less. Like there's stuff you're building towards, and you lose this game, you get better lottery odds. The best <laughs> of all worlds. 
Oh yeah, I mean we were very close, <laughs> but you know, just a little too close, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but you, you want to see the Kings be able to close out these games every now and then, and you know the the games that they're able to close out, it's because the other team misses shots. Because like you notice, like in these games, like even the Bulls game, like Kobe White makes that shot is a very different game <laughs> at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the the you know the Bucks like just didn't miss. Granted, the Kings didn't miss for a while either, and it was a it was an absolute dogfight. But like at, at a certain point, like they have to be able to close out these kinds of games. But I'm not mad right now because guess what? I'm on Team Tank. You again, you get a good game, you get a competitive game, you get you get you know a building like chemistry building between the team, and you get better lottery odds. Yeah, and each and every quarter feels like a impactful part of the game too. It's like not like how we always fall off in the first quarter or the third quarter or the fourth quarter. <laughs> so let me just check the schedule. We play Indiana soon, I think. Yeah, but it's not at home, sadly. Yeah, it's a it's in Indiana, but we're pretty neck and neck with them in the Tankathon standings. Oh, okay. So. Like I mean, just get your quick, just get your quick prediction. Do you think we win or lose that game? Indiana. Yes. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I could really see Buddy and Tyrese going off against us. I could really see that happening. I can see it. I don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Because like Buddy theoretically is a Kings Killer type player. Yeah. I don't think it will happen. Like. I think I think you put Davion on Tyrese. That kind of neutralizes him quite a bit, uh-huh. and then Buddy is just Buddy. Like, let's be honest, you don't really yeah. do you don't do that much there. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I, my gut instinct says we win that game. But like, that could be a crucial game in terms of like the tank rank, the tanking. Mm, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, if we play well. Like have we we've been doing in the past few games as a team, most definitely we could win against Indiana. But yeah, like you said, if we do lose against Indiana, really good tank uh, tanking odds. <laughs> yeah, we're only one and a half behind them right now. I'm actually surprised we're still one and a half. I guess they haven't. I thought they won recently. Let's see. So they have one more loss than us, and they're two wins less than us. So yeah. I mean, hey, we get to see Tyrese again. I mean, Tyrese has been doing well. Like, Marvin Bagley's actually been doing well uh, in Detroit, too. Like, the Pistons fans love him. So, mm-hmm. like, it's good to see everyone kind of thrive. Like, Buddy's numbers are pretty good, are decent, are, like, decent since moving to Indiana as well. So, like, I, I so far, it looks like everyone's won their trade in a way. I mean, granted, you can say Kings have kind of lost their trade to a certain degree just because this was a win-now move, quote-unquote, according to a lot of people. But... Like I'm, I'm happy with where we're going. Actually, so yeah, I mean, we still have a couple of years of Sabonis, and you know, once we re-sign and you know acquire more uh, assets, I think we're in a pretty safe space uh, to uh, going for that playoff run. Yeah, and for those that are saying like, well, you could you could have had seven years of control with uh, Tyrese. Yes, you're right. We still have two years of Sabonis, and if you guys don't know. Two years is a really, really long time in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand how long two years is 
in the NBA. And also, like, it, it, it is what it is. I get it. Like, I, I would have loved Ty, to have Tyrese. But, like, to a certain degree, saying that you saying you had lock up a guy for seven years, it, it kind of, like, it kind of gives the impression that guys are, you know, projecting in the long term. But what that really does is that you really don't have a plan in place because Jerry Reynolds has a really good quote about guys who come up with five-year plan plans as a general manager. What they're um, actually saying is that they don't actually have a plan. Oh. <laughs> because five years is a long, long time and you never know what could happen type thing. Yeah. So. I mean, if we look at Darren Fox, he's been here for, this is his fifth season, right? Yeah. And where we ended up, I mean, here's what we ended up. We actually got, uh, finally got some assets to uh, support him and hopefully we'll make a six year a lot better. And also like, I've also been looking into the draft, like even if we don't get a top top four pick, top three pick and get Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, like, you know, like uh, AJ Griffin looks really nice. If like, um, he'll probably last till around six or seven, like, there, there's there, there are options out there and again like you know you never know we could end up getting with Zach Levine not saying we will just gonna just gonna put that energy out there <laughs> might, might get Zach Levine uh, well I guess we shall see I'll, we'll, we'll see until let's see when when do we figure out uh, when uh, we get our pick um, the date was just released I don't remember when but yeah they just released the date for the uh, draft lottery mm, I see you know, we were actually really close to getting the number one pick, apparently, last year. Last year? Oh, boy. Don't I mean, say that now. <laughs> I mean, Kay Cunningham. I mean, granted, that's another point guard <laughs> to add to your add to your treasure trove of point guards. But, <laughs> like, everything I've, like, seen from Kay, everything I've heard about Kay, that's a leader. That's a, that's a, that's a clutch player. That's an alpha guy. Like, everything I've heard about him, like, he's, he's absolutely wonderful. Mm, I see. So let's see. So the draft lottery will happen on May 17th, and the actual draft will be held on June 23rd. Okay, interesting. Um, I, I guess uh, get, give, I guess gun to your head. Do you think the Kings use their pick? We don't even know what the draft order is uh, right now, but do you yeah. think we use the pick? I feel like top five, we will. Below that it's kind of like a 50 50 chance that bye <laughs> yeah yeah 50 50 chance that we probably won't use it hi zach collins i mean hi john collins <laughs> i mean is what i'm looking at unless monty sees something in uh the draft that he finds fit well i don't, I don't want to say fit that <laughs> that fi- he finds Not that the f word man i know <laughs> if, that he finds like real good for the you know whatever pick uh, we get uh, I mean go for it I guess other than that yeah trade it away <laughs> I- I'm all for trading the pick away I-, I want to get another star so that's just that's just how I see it so oh, I just sim I just sim the lottery number one pick Orlando second pick Indiana third pick uh, Sacramento oh okay let me sim sim it one more time oh we we end up being with the sixth pick that's that's boring I mean there's still let's see 9% chance of getting number one I so my dream scenario is we get number two 
because whoever gets number one will ch- will pick one of Jabari or Chet Holmgren, and you cannot go wrong with the second one. Like, granted, I don't love pa- Paolo uh, Benicero, like if we do end up picking him, but I doubt Mar- um, Monty will pick him. Hmm. Well, I guess we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. We went, we definitely did went a little long, uh, long rant about this one. So, um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, if not, I'm gonna end this episode now. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> something yeah. else. Uh, nothing, nothing else you want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, th- thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we are gonna be back on our normal schedule from now on. So yeah. Um, hope you hopefully you guys enjoy these uh, post game um, these post game reviews right after the game. So. Yeah, um, look forward, looking forward to um, watching the next uh, Kings game and talking about it on the next episode. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually hoping I could make that game on Friday. I'm not gonna lie, I might actually miss it. Now that you've mentioned it, what team is it? I don't have the thing on. It's against oh, the Boston. Boston. Ooh, Boston's been hot. Oh yeah. I'm just playing the sim lottery at the moment. <laughs> maybe we get Jalen Brown instead. You know, maybe he maybe he's done with that damn team. Who knows? Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll end on that note. It's the Kings are going to get Jalen Brown. Okay, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. We'll see you guys later.